Community, welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Growth Podcast. Here we search out for individuals who have had growth in one way or another during their lifetime. Guys, I am your host, Anthony J. If you do not know, I am on here almost every single week, and we are here to bring you everything from fitness to nutrition to business to lifestyle related. And today's episode is near and dear to my heart, not just because my guest today is a friend, good friend of mine, but he's also one of my best clients I've ever had. And when I tell you guys that he is a sled dog, meaning he works his ass off and does exactly what I ask of him to do. We have never been in a fight. We've never had blowback. All he wants to do is ask for more, more education, more information, more goals, more how we can become better every single day. Like we always say here in the podcast, 1% better every single day is what we strive to be. And if you just do that, you hit your goals so much faster than just trying to go out every single weekend or not do Monday through Thursday like you should do and go up and go down on that scale of of not accomplishing what you need to be accomplishing and chasing your tail all the time. We dive deep into exactly what it takes and where you can be in one year's time. And yes, I have been Chris's coach for over a year and we are still going strong to this day. Guys, this is an awesome episode. You're gonna pull so many amazing educational nuggets out of here. And uh, his story is quite unique, and I think a lot of you can actually, you know, not just learn from him, but you can actually understand where he's coming from because he probably relates to a lot of what you guys go through each and every day, even going into the weekends with friends and family and feel like you get pulled away from your goals and everything everything you want to be doing in your life, but you just always make an excuse for somebody else to do what they want to do and not what you should be doing. So guys, we dive deep into that. His name is Chris Romani. He's an amazing client of mine. But guys, this episode is brought to you by Ambition Threads Company. Ambition is a motivating lifestyle clothing brand empowering individuals to be the best version of themselves each and every day. Guys, this is always done through hard work, faith, and persistence. Those are the three keys towards success in your everyday life. We love to live by that. And guys, like always, if you go to Ambition Threads to check out some clothes, you guys can use code EVERYDAY at checkout and receive 20% off any and all orders going forward. That is a lifetime code that you guys can use. So hop on that, new stuff drop in dang, damn near every single month. So guys, without further ado, my client, my good friend, talk about the coach-client relationship with this man, Chris Romani. Please enjoy, guys. What is going on, guys? Community, welcome back to another Everyday Growth Podcast. Today is a very special day. Why? Because I have my good friend and client on, Chris Romani. Chris, my brother from another, how are you doing today? Good morning. Thanks for having me on today. Dude, good morning as well. The sun is out. It is a nice weekend day, man. I can't wait to get outside and do a little bit of walking. Me too. How are you feeling today, man? How's the quarantine life treating you? Yeah, I'm doing the best I can, you know, staying active and trying to do something that I haven't had time for, so different uh, projects and reading and just trying to get into something new. So just trying to make every day worthwhile and not just make it a big waste, I guess. So it's very easy, I think, to sit down right now and kind of make up excuses why we can we should just binge watch like every Netflix show that we've never seen before. And like, I think that's like the way of the world is kind of like, huh, it's a 50 50 day today. Let's flip a coin and see if we're on the couch or if we're outside. And I, I, I hope everyone's taking the ladder and going outside yeah, more, you know, for sure. So, so so, dude, like, uh, I know we grew up together at a pretty young age. I don't know how young that was, but let's just uh, tell the community kind of like your side of the story and where we started back in, in March together. We've been together for a little over a year, and I know we've been through some mad adversities when we first started 
And uh, to compare to where you are today, uh, community, if you haven't seen the pictures on the story, I'm sure the thumbnail of this podcast when it goes out will be Chris's one-year transformation. He doesn't know about that yet, so don't tell him. But um, yeah, man, you've come. I mean, I can't, I can't, I'm fathomed to even try to talk about it. Like it, it just, it kind of chokes me up a little bit of how hard you've worked for the past year to get where you're at, man. But um, let's just shed some light on your story and where you came from and when you got a hold of me in Chicago. Definitely. So long history of uh, knowing each other, probably from the middle school time, we played some sports together and pretty close um, down the street neighbors. So just like the next subdivision over. So, and then worked in restaurants together with some family members and, um, had a pretty, pretty long relationship um, since childhood and then moved to the city, kind of lost touch a little bit. And then I just recently got into Instagram at the last year or two and came across your page and just found a lot of really valuable content. So I just started following that. And I don't know why, but in my head, I had this number that age 35 was going to be somewhat of a, a change for me because I had been living in the city by 10 years at that point kind of got all the bars and that type of scene out of my system and I actually thought I was going to stop drinking completely at age 35 that was like this really crazy goal that I had of, of some sort and it's it's since been modified of course but that was essentially kind of how this whole started with getting into training and stuff like that so I'd never had a trainer before and I felt comfortable reaching out to you because we had known each other before and I really liked the way that you your approach was and you know, kind of the no nonsense way that you go about it. And it's uh, not any of the, the bro sciences you call it and that. So I just thought that I, I could identify with someone I knew in, in addition to the style that you were going after. So I had never even had an actual trainer. So this was in addition, the nutrition part, like just a lot of learning for me. And you think you know about food and what you're taking in your body and that sort of thing. And I think it was uh, kind of eye opening in a lot of ways of what I was doing wrong. And what I needed to do. So I was always a little bit, I guess, lethargic, maybe I felt like I, I needed naps a lot. And it was one of those things where I was like, I'm pretty sure it's my diet, it's my lifestyle. So I just came to a reckoning with myself. And I was just saying, you know, this is the year where I'm going to make some changes and just see where it goes and just kind of kept building on that. And slowly just, I usually take off January from drinking after the holidays. And that's kind of how I got the whole year in a good spot. So taking four year, four weeks off from just going out and uh, just getting my body back into order, it was just kind of getting the setting the, the playing field really well. So we set our program with the macros, and then I just basically adhered right to that. And the great thing was I got this new job that had a gym in my office. So that was another thing that was just immensely helpful because it's always that thing where you get home and you sit on your couch, and you're like, oh, I really don't want to go out and do this gym thing now. Thanks. I really got this... Uh, <laughs> Ozarks episode coming up so <laughs> you know I uh I had no excuse at that point so I just made it part of my day and by the time you get home you're like wow I feel accomplished everything's done and before you know it, you get in this routine where you've been going three four times a week and then before you know it six months down the road a year and it just becomes a lifestyle and I think that's that's the biggest thing is to incorporate all this stuff into more than just something that you do because you have to do it or something like that it has to be something that's really what you believe in and it's got to be something that you want to do long term I think that's another thing you talk about you don't want it to be something where you're going to do it for just for looking good in wedding pictures or something and you want it to be something where you know when you're 50 60 years old you can still facilitate this program so I thought that it really worked out for me because I could still eat what I wanted and I still had a very 
solid lifestyle. Like I could still go out and stuff like that. So it was never like I was banned from any specific food or, or drinking or anything like that. But I did curb quite a bit of um, going out. So that was like one major change for me. Because in the city, there's just so much temptation of a new restaurant or bar you want to check out. All your friends are doing something like that. So it feels like a, a status symbol if you've been to a place or not kind of thing. So once you get over the fear of missing out, I think you can have uh, a lot of gains there. That was a, that was a huge thing when we first, uh, when we first started working together was that was one thing you kind of had to like turn your back to is basically that was kind of what you did on the way home, right? Like in the summertime, you'd, you'd walk on the way home or, or take, you know, local transportation and you'd be like, stop off here or walk home and stop off here for a quick one or two or three. And if it was a Friday, it probably lasted all fucking night. Right. And the next thing you know, you're like, your Saturday's trash and you're going to brunch on Sunday. And then all of a sudden it's like that same old fucking circle of, of fuckery comes around and you're like, dude, what the, what am I doing? I think that was the big thing that we came. I think there was like that happened, a relationship happened. And like, I think you were just like, I'm just sick of it all. And even to this day, we just talked a couple of weeks ago. I think it was last week when you were like, I can't believe the shit that I still get from my friends today about tracking food. And it's still there. I mean, it's, it's been over a year and it's like, you still have to fend off those, those certain phone calls and those certain people. Cause you know, it's just going to throw your whole weekend away or it's going to throw your whole day in tailspin, which then the next day and the next day is kind of screwed and you got to catch yourself back up. But I think you've done a huge and a, a crazy job of kind of putting that in the back burner and telling people like, Hey man, this is me. This is what I'm doing now. Um, and that's it, accept it or not. I don't give a shit. I know we've had plenty of conversations about that, like FOMO, like the fear of missing out. And I've always told you too, like, Hey man, if your friends are pulling you away from the actual things you want to do, are they, are they really your friends? And I know you and I have had a lot of heart to hearts and I've had to, you know, kind of lay that shit in line with that no bullshit approach. Like you said, like, Hey man, who gives a fuck what other people think? Like you got to do you. And if you don't feel good, they don't, your friends don't give a fuck about you. No one cares how, if you feel good, but you got to feel good. How was that kind of pulling the plug on some of those things and kind of like, Hey man, I can't do this shit no more. Yeah. So I think the main thing I was focusing on was mental health and just having a really stable day to day, uh, I guess, positive influences, just building up all that stuff. If you're, if you're going to go into this typical three, four, maybe five days a week at the bars, like most people in Chicago, you're going to be in this cycle where you never really feel hundred percent. And it just is like the minute, the minute you feel good again, someone's going to invite you out and then it's back into the system. So if you can just break free of that and then figure out a way where you can still be involved in a social life, but not, it's, it's not like you're going to happy hour every day and all that stuff where it's, it's, it's hard because there's also people at work that you want to network with and have, a better relationship with your coworkers and help get yourself promoted and stuff like that. So you kind of have to find a line where it's, it's fair to yourself and what your other goals are. So I'm not saying I'm like stepping out of going out at all, but it was like, you don't have to go out every Friday. You don't have to go out every Saturday. You could pick one or the other. You could pick neither. And sometimes I would, I would not go out the whole weekend. And it, it was like, Oh my God, now I have a hundred dollars in my pocket extra and all that stuff. So um, yeah, the first thing was kind of just mental health. I felt like I got into yoga and that really set the tone for all the other things that I was doing because you really have to have a good relationship with yourself. And that kind of just set the, the base level for me, I guess, overall. But if you don't have that, then you're going to be super anxiety ridden with, with the alcohol the next day and stuff like that. And then you're just going to do weird stuff with like your diet and all that. It just, it's, it spurns off of that. So 
I think just having decreased the amount of days that you're going out is definitely huge. And then decreasing the time that you're out because the average night in Chicago, you're going to basically a bar crawl every night you go out. So you're going to go, Oh, let's just do one here. And in my neighborhood, there's 50 bars that are all walking distance. So you can't really walk home without hitting every single one. Let's just stop really quick for that one. You know, like, uh, let's go for one more, you know, like, let's just do one more at, I'm sure that's super simple, right? Yeah. And then these bars are open super late. And of course you don't want to go home before they close. So that was the other thing too, is just kind of realizing that you don't have to be out until the very end and just kind of cutting back the time. Like I would just maybe start a little earlier and then I could get into bed by midnight and then I could wake up and do my gym thing in the morning and feel good. But if I, if I went out all night, then I would probably sleep till noon. So I really had to change the time frame that I was going to don't like give to the social part of it and scale it back a lot. So yeah, I felt like yoga really helped clear up just a lot of mental health issues. Like I never had any significant problems, but it was just like, I needed a baseline for kind of the day to day and something to look forward to that could kind of just meditate and clear your mind from the stress of the city and the job and all that stuff. So I think uh, just having a really solid relationship with yourself is huge before going into all the extra stuff too. So in addition to the nutrition and, and that, I mean, I think the, the mental health thing is like sometimes overlooked because a lot of people think, Oh, I don't, I don't go to a doctor. I don't need any prescription. So I'm not, I'm not mentally off or whatever, but you still could have stresses and anxiety from just a simple thing like the commute to work. I hate taking the train because it's stressful. You know, there's, you got to get on the train. You could barely fit on there. So by the time I get to work, I'm already kind of amped up because you know, now we got the, this issue in the, the public being in public. So all these things start building up by the time you're even having your coffee at 8am, you're, you're really anxious. So right. if you can find a way to get rid of some of that in your life, that's, I think one of the first things for me that I had to overcome was just finding a way to get, get rid of a lot of those issues. I definitely think that was one of the very first things that we hammered home in the first like three months was we need to start making like daily plans, daily logging and all these things besides the food. Cause I remember I, I went back, um, before we started talking and I remember back in the day, like you were only eating around 15 to 1600 calories, which now you're eating over a thousand calories above that now for a maintenance level. But before we even got into kind of stuff like that, we definitely noticed that we had to start planning things, some things around, some things had to be taken out of your schedule. Some things had to be inserted into your schedule. It really wasn't the food at first. When we looked at your food in the beginning, it was the typical Western diet, right? Especially living in Chicago, it was like low protein, high fat, high, high carbohydrates. And we had to kind of do one of these and then find what actually worked for you for your lifestyle and what your body actually liked more, whether that be um, higher fat or higher carb or lower carb and higher fat. So we had to look through all that. But before we did that, I know for a fact that you and I was like, dude, what's your schedule? And you're like, well, I go to work and I come home. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, what's your fucking schedule? Like, we need to schedule out some things so that you can take, take you away from some of that negative negativity in your life, but also try to kind of juggle that cortisol, that stress response that you like you were just talking about getting to work. And I'm like, well, what time are you waking up? And you were only waking up like probably a little over an hour before you had to get to work. And I remember like, dude, you got to wake up earlier than that. Like, you got to get ready to go out, accept what's going on and get your mind right before we even go out for the day. And I know we've been working on that for quite some time. And that really doesn't go away, right? Like right. you still have to work on that like today, but like not as extreme, of course, but you said a great thing. It is overlooked. I think that is number one. We just said that that's kind of like your foundation was the mindset of understanding and planning your week out. I think that's like, that was one of the biggest things that we worked on. What, from there, I think we went into some calories 
And I think that took quite some time, right? I think you and I did a reverse diet for almost seven months until we got to your, your maintenance stage and we never cut once. Right. And uh, you're still at that and your body's still changing. Like every fucking month, your body is changing, man. It's just yeah, amazing. Crazy. How are you feeling now eating that much more food? Like, do you remember eating only like 16, 1500 calories, man? Yeah, I guess I didn't realize it was that little, but um, yeah, I'm just under 3000 now. And it's crazy with not even working out as heavily as I was before the whole shutdown and stuff like that. I expected to just gain 10 pounds right away and I'm losing weight still. I'm like, what the hell? So it's, uh, it's, it's something that I, I really didn't believe at first that you have to eat food even to kind of lose weight in some cases, because if you store it extra and that was one of the things where I, I just was always, I want to eat less. Like for some reason you're just trained that you're supposed to eat less. So um, in this time, yeah, I still have the same amount of calories. There's certain days where I don't necessarily want to eat as much because I don't have that hunger after the workout or whatever, but you still have to schedule yourself properly because it could be before you know at the end of the day and you have a lot of intake still to go. And that's kind of what I'm struggling with now because I don't have the same routine every day. Whereas with the, the office situation, I would know exactly what I'd have for my breakfast and my, my water by lunchtime and all that. So it was a little bit easier on the routine. So this is a little challenging in that, in that aspect, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm working through it. It's just the routine thing is huge. I think everyone's got to have something specific. That's just every day. It's, it's just like a no brainer, like brushing your teeth, whatever it may be. But um, I was never a morning person. That was kind of the first challenge for me because I was eating such little carbs. I was always very tired. I had just, I, my sleep was just really off. So that was a big thing for me. It was just being able to wake up feeling refreshed and then have some things in place where we're getting ready for the day a little bit more. Cause yeah, I would, I would wake up and, you know, take a shower, brush your teeth before you know it. You're like 20 minutes later, I'm at, I'm at my desk and it's like, <laughs> that's not really a good plan to get started for your day. So trying to build out those little things in uh, your morning routine, your nighttime routine, those type of things. And it just becomes second nature. It just takes a little while for you to get used to it. I feel like everyone at first tries to take on a little bit too much. And uh, if you just slowly, like we're talking about 1% better, that's it's, 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 it works. It really does. And it's just like, you have to just give yourself some time and you got to just deflect the haters because yeah, anyone who's going to be complaining about what you're doing is, is not doing that. That's why they're, they're making that comment. Exactly. So, you know, I'll have a friend that says, oh, you're still counting the macros or you're still doing this nutrition coaching thing. And it's, it's clearly because they're not, and there's something that it's not in their life that they're, they're feeling jealous about, or they're uncomfortable that I'm, I'm doing something different. So it's something that I still deal with, even with my closest friends that I've known for over a decade. And I did not expect to have that from certain people, but it's, uh, some people kind of wanted to try it. Some people dabbled in it and then never really like got into it as much as I did. But I think definitely having a coach is a huge thing for me. And, you know, everyone thinks, oh, I'm, I'm strong-minded. I can do it without a coach. And it's like, yeah, you technically can, but it's, there's no reason not to because you can only be that much better with a little bit of motivation and accountability. And if you don't have something like that as a backbone, you can easily get off course. And then before you know it, a month goes by and you're, you're back to eating poorly and drinking again. So I, I don't feel like we ever have a thing where we're like, you shouldn't do this or whatever. It was never like that in the, the nutrition coaching. So it was, it was always a positive thing for me. Yeah. We just made slight adjustments to your lifestyle. And even you've gone on, I think 
three or four vacations in the past year. And they were like, you were like, what do I do then? You know, like, I'm like, I'm not going to drink during it. I'm like, dude, just have fun with those vacations. Nothing's going to happen when you come back. I know we've had that conversation so many times. I'm like, dude, nothing's going to happen when you come back. And you're like, really? I'm like, because you're like, how should I eat? Should I not drink? I'm like, do whatever you want to do. When we get back, we're going to get right the fuck back on track. You're not going to skip a beat. I mean, like, I remember that was a conversation like, huh, really? So the education behind that too, it's like nothing changed, right? You came back from a couple of Mexico trips and like, you were fine. You were totally fine. And that's, yeah. that's, that's the honest to God truth, right? Like when you came back, you were like, hmm, okay, nothing happened. Yeah. I think too, just the little things is even though you're on a vacation, you don't completely get off of your, some type of routine. So I would, I try to find some way where, what's my activity today, you know? So in Mexico, we were doing a lot of bike riding and stuff like that. And so I, I put priority on trying to find one of those every day. So even though you're still on a vacation, you try to make some kind of an adventure that's exciting, that's athletic, you know? So right. that was what I was changing about the way I go about my vacations. And I think that was a huge change because normally the vacation idea is that you're just going to drink the whole time. So that was a major change for me. Like I'm not going to go out till four in the morning because then I can't do something cool in the morning. Like, take a bike ride or go to yoga or something. And I feel like a lot of people on vacation, they don't make the effort to find something that's a sport or athletic. They just think, Oh, let's go to a restaurant. Let's go to the beach. And that sort of thing. So you got to find 30 minutes, 60 minutes a day, maybe even on your vacation where you can still do something positive. So you don't set yourself back super far when you get home and you're like, Oh my God, you know, truck to the face. I got to get back into my routine now. So I think that was a big thing too. It was like, you could still do, a little bit of everything within moderation. So like, even though I'm having, you know, a, a good night out at the bar on vacation, I'm still going to wake up in the morning and start my routine again and try to have some consistency there. So it wouldn't be like a total fall off on the vacation as, right. as the previous times. And um, yeah, you know, you try to find the community in the area that you go to that might be into the sport. Like I, I, when I was in Tulum, Mexico, there's a huge yoga community and a very big weightlifting community. So you can find all these gyms that you can just get a day pass and it's fun. You're going to a different gym, you're switching it up and uh, you know, it could be a different experience. So I feel like if you're adventurous enough, you can find stuff like that and it won't just totally mess up your, your plans. Have you, I know we've talked a lot and we're very close with the coaching and, and the client and coach uh, a relationship and you haven't really, you've done such a great job. Like you really don't fall off too much, but do you feel that, you have the, the, the power now and the knowledge now to be able to keep this routine going no matter what. Like if you went out right now for the rest of the day, you met up with all your friends, you had drinks, you probably ate a couple pizzas in Chicago. And you, if we could do that right now, let's just say that during this quarantine time, when you came back home, do you feel like, okay, the next day you'd be like, I got this, man. Like, I know exactly what to do. You kind of feel like now that that base is laid, like you'll never kind of go back into that routine. And when you do, you have the knowledge to kind of jump right back into what you were doing. Sure. So it just becomes something that you you kind of have in um and that your body is kind of expecting food at a certain time and then definitely the water intake is something that's i'm sure a lot of people struggle with I, i'm pretty good with the water already so it's kind of something that i'm i'm used to just drinking a ton of water but um yeah with with the, the going out thing i feel like the biggest thing would be the next day you might sleep in a little bit and then all of a sudden you're at almost lunchtime now and you're a little behind and it's just you still have to find a way that you can wake up reasonably 
early, I guess, like not sleep in the whole next day. So that was the biggest problem with me. Like if I would go out, I would just wake up late. And then it was just like, oh my God, the whole Saturday is wasted. I could have gone and done all my errands. I could have gotten some things done. So I try to get that stuff done in the beginning of the day and then kind of reward yourself with, you know, getting a six pack later in the day, whatever. But uh, it's definitely not ideal to go out and, uh, you know, it's, it's expensive too in the city too. So that was another thing I, I kind of just came to a reckoning where it's like, it's just not really a good use of my time or money to be out spending a hundred bucks a night. And, you know, it's really doesn't bring me anywhere forward in life. It's, it's obviously going to be a fun night and I, I can't deny that it's, it's always a good time in Chicago and with friends, but you have to just have, have start, I think goal setting too. We went over a lot of that and it's kind of just like, you have to have something that you're trying to attain and like a little bit each day will get you there. And if you don't do that tiny little thing each day, you might not ever get there, but some people look at it like you just do it overnight for some, some of these goals. And it's like, you know, you have to save $1 to make, to save a hundred. So it's like slow, slow thing. It might take six months to save a hundred dollars at a dollar a day, but it's going to be something that you can attain and you look forward to. So I feel like, you know, setting goals is a big thing that I really wasn't doing before. I was just kind of in the back of my head, like, yeah, I want to do this or that. But that was something where it was just more regimented and strict and like just using Google sheets and having like an organization of, what you've done, where you want to go. It's, it's just, you can visualize it more. So just being more organized and um, just kind of setting up where you want to go. That really helps the day to day because you know why you're doing it. It's not just like, Oh, because, because uh, my, my plan told me to, it's like, it's, it just, you just follow it and go with it. So it works out a lot easier. I know you're a huge numbers dude and I know you look at graphs and, and all these sheets all the time. So like with the food log that I gave you, you really didn't have a problem with that right off the bat kind of filling it out. You still do it to this day, probably better than any one of my clients that I have now or like that I've had in the past. It's something that you do. Do you feel like that was a burden at first? Like between uh, looking at macros, trying to weigh food, portion of food. I know that didn't take you too long to get a hold of with the food logging and stuff like that. Like, do you feel that took just a couple months for you to get into and do you feel like I, I feel right now for you, if I took you off that food log uh, sheet for a month, you would be okay. You may not be okay with, without seeing that. Do you feel now you can kind of intuitively eat a couple days here and there, then go back to track and be like, oh shit, okay, I was close, but not as close as I think. Through the food logging and, and the MyFitnessPal, it took you like, you, you, you adhere to it pretty quick. Do you feel like that's something that is another uh, like accountability measure to be like, hey shit, I can see it. It's all in front of me, man. Like that's right. Screwed up. Didn't sleep that day. I was over on my fat that day. Do you feel like that's a really good tool to kind of keep you going and motivated every single day? Or was that something where you were like, I don't want to fucking do this. Um, at first, I mean, you have to get used to the extra, whatever, 10, 15 minutes a day, but I mean, you could be just on Netflix, just popping in all this information. So for me, I mean, I knew the value of it right away, so I didn't really fight it, but I think a lot of people struggle because it's like, yeah, if you're cooking, it's, it's a little bit tedious to figure out all these different things you're putting in there and how much of each. So the biggest thing for me, the learning curve was that every meal has to be more balanced than I was before. So before it might've been something that was just all carbs and fat. And then, you know, I'd have my protein shake and stuff, but really under 20 grams of protein per meal or something like that was happening. And so now I know when I go, okay, I've got my protein here. Where, where is the carb coming from? Where's the fat coming from? So it's kind of funny when you're actually looking for the fat. <laughs> Never thought you'd be doing that. But yeah, it just gets to the point where you know that something's missing and you got to balance it out because 
at the end of the day, you have to have a certain level of each in your body. And so it, it really, it, it was something where I had to visualize how each, each plate would look, you know, and then I think before everyone just goes, ah, we'll just have a bagel and cream cheese for breakfast. And it's like, okay, there's no protein in there. So it's kind of like those little things you just learned how to add in maybe salmon or whatever it might be. And then you start getting a more satiated feeling. And then also you have more energy. It's like all these things come together. But before it was just like, you know, somebody might just make a huge smoothie for breakfast and it's just all carbs and then there's no protein in it. And then it's right. just like, okay, so those types of things, you just start tweaking and adding in a little bit of whatever you might need to have it balanced. And all of a sudden my energy level was way more consistent. So I wasn't really craving that nap like I had before. And I felt like, um, just more cognizant and just overall energy levels were great. So really yeah, I know that, that was a, that was a big struggle in the beginning too. I remember if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but like protein was like very minuscule compared to everything else that you were kind of eating. I remember there was a couple of times you're like, dude, I just don't understand why I can't get this, get this damn protein number. Cause that protein number went up from um, from the first month that we worked together and you were tracking, you averaged around 80 to 100 grams. And now you're around 205 or something like that grams. Even if I told you, like, even if you want to eat 215 a day, you know, we can just drop a little bit off your calories on your carbs or your fats. But I mean, that's, that's just so fucking crazy, right? Like 80 to 100 grams. Like you can probably smash that before noon now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of times, um, with, without using the scale, you get yourself into a situation where you just go, okay, I'm just going to pull one chicken breast out of the bag. And that might either be small or large. And then you don't know what it's going to do for you exactly. But you're just like, well, I just grabbed one. So like, it is a little bit more work to have to cut up an extra piece for that extra couple grams, whatever you need. But then you know that you got enough for the day. And so that's, that's kind of the difference. Cause like, you know how you always have a leftover, you're like, I'll just crush the whole Tupperware, whatever. Cause I want to get rid of it out of my, my fridge. Well, that might have been 14 grams of pasta and you just ate 300 grams of carbs, you know? So that's, that's what the learning curve was, is that you don't necessarily have to eat everything that's in front of you just because you want to clear out the, the fridge or whatever. Right. So I guess that, that type of thing was a learning curve. And just in general, like you can have whatever you want, but just the portion, I never really thought of portions. I always thought portioning was just for, something they put on the box because I was like, who eats that little amount? You know, like yeah. pasta yeah. example, like two, two ounces of pasta is a joke. I mean, that's like, yeah, it's like three bites. I mean, maybe in Europe when they serve you the side plate of pasta, but uh, you know, if you're talking at a restaurant in Chicago, who that's 10% of a plate. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Chicago's notorious for like, you get like a pound of pasta per plate, you know? Yeah, so the pasta thing, um, I cut down, and I'm just scaling it back in now because I know how to, to handle it. But it was just like, you know, you want to just pour the rest of the box in because you're like, I don't want this in my cabinet anymore. So, like, that's the type of thing where you can get into trouble because now you're just overloading something because you just wanted to get clearing your cabinets out or whatever. So if you're disciplined enough to know the portioning, I think that was, like, one of the first things for me. It was just, like, how much is one portion? Not just a visual thing. It's a weight you know so like that putting putting on the scale I mean I don't I don't really mind it but it's just kind of like it's a little dorky to have it at work so I don't really bring it to the office but um it's it's definitely needed to to get everything in order because yeah like you can't visualize how much things right. are you you can be close but you know there's the handful um comparison for some food and it's it's still not going to be right because over time 10% off is a ton so that's uh 
it, for me, it wasn't a big deal, but yeah, it's like just in situations like if you're at work and stuff, that's like a little bit more convenient. So you have to prepare Tupperware ahead of time. It's already weighed out. So you don't have to bring your scale to work if you're going to do that. But um, I don't use the scale every single time, but it's something that's been super helpful. And I never thought I would want to use it because I thought it was obsessive and just a little bit not for me. Like I just thought like in my personal state, like I never was binge eating or like super overweight. So it was like, I thought that that might've been a little bit too much to have to do that. So I thought I was going to put it away eventually, but here I am a year and still using it. And it just, it just takes out the guesswork. I don't right. have to worry about, Oh my God, did I just eat something that was super huge or not? So it works for me. Um, but yeah, some people would probably just don't want to get in that routine of it. So I just try to make things two or three meals at a time. That way I don't have to keep measuring every single, every single plate. So it's, it's a little bit more time, but I don't think it's that much time for how much worth, how, how worth it is for me. Yeah. Especially right now. I'm like, you've been doing it for so damn long. I'm sure it's like no time, you know, like you understand, okay, toss it on there, measure it, blah, 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 blah. It's done. I think that that does take a little bit of time too. And I can definitely see how people could think about, you know, tracking food, using my fitness pal, using the food logs that I provide. I mean, I've had plenty of clients. I still have clients today. If you guys are listening, I apologize. I'm not going to trash throw you underneath the bus, but it's very hard to use those food logs. Like it's, they just don't want to fucking do it. And I'm like, well, listen, don't complain about, I don't feel good. My sleep's off. Like you, all the answers are right there. Like I always say, if you don't fill those, if you don't fill that out, I don't have any feedback coming back. I don't know where you're at. So when you're like, I don't know why I feel like shit today. Let's look at your food logs. Oh, there hasn't been anything on there for three months. I have no idea why you feel like shit today. I think that's one of the things where that biofeedback can actually help. And I can see how people could think like, that's just super obsessive to, to look over your food that much or to, to measure each piece. And it's like, well, if I have, you have a specific goal in mind that you want to hit. And once you start feeling a little bit better, you're like, damn, I only did like, like we say 1% more work a day. Let's just say you did 10% more work in two months. You're like, that was only a little bit of work. And I feel this much better. What if I go all in on this thing and actually watch everything I'm putting into my mouth? And I think that's where kind of that obsessive nature and that compulsion kind of goes away and fades away. And you're like, all right, I'm starting to feel really good again. Like that was just tracking my food. Now what happens if I start tracking my sleep, my movement, my steps a day? And I know that's a big thing with you too. I mean, when we first went into quarantine, you were like, I don't know what to do, buy bands, or I have one, one dumbbell at 40 pounds. I'm like, dude, just try to keep your movement up with whatever you do. I'm like, you're not going to lose anything. I know right away your question was, should we drop calories? I'm like, send me some pictures first. And I'm like, you're not dropping calories at all. Like, you look too good to drop calories, you know? So I can see how people wants, would think that'd be obsessive. But look at you now. I mean, it's probably second nature just to toss stuff on a scale. And even if you don't, you kind of understand where five or six ounces of a protein is, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole putting it in the spreadsheet thing, it's there's definitely ways to cut the time down. And for me, it's using the laptop too. A lot of times the phone's a little slow yeah. and it just, it seems a little bit more cumbersome on the phone as, as cool as it is to have the, the barcode scanner and all that stuff. So I, I do a lot of work on the laptop instead because I feel like it just, it's just a little bit easier, a little quicker. So I recommend that to anybody that's kind of struggling with putting it in. And then there's also a copy meal feature. So if you know that you're going to have the same thing because you made a crock pot or something, you can just go boom, 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 Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I got chili on the menu, whatever. So then you don't have to think about, okay, now at the end of Wednesday, did I put everything in? It's already boom, it's in there. So I think putting stuff ahead of time is huge. I started doing that a lot and it just really made a difference because you don't have to worry at the end of the day that you did it or not. And then you don't have to remember 
you forgot to put the right thing in or whatever. So I think there's a little bit of tricks to get it going quicker. And so once right. you start doing the copy feature and like I said, using the laptop, I think for me, it just made it a lot smoother, but overall it does not take that long. I mean, for somebody to complain that it does, I mean, they're not really into it in my opinion. So, right. Yeah, it's, it's true. If you can take, you know, 10 minutes to go walk and get a coffee at Starbucks, you can do this. It's, it's not a huge lift. And then you can do a couple days at once. You know, that sometimes happens to me a couple days go by and I realize I hadn't put it in. So, um, really the only thing for me that I forget to do is just weigh myself every day, which is like not the biggest deal compared to the calories putting them in. But, um, just again, like getting back to the routine and stuff, if you can just consistently have that part of your day where you're like, okay, you wake up, take a shower, scale, whatever. Like, it's just like part of the process. I think, uh, people might be like kind of just not used to the routine or whatever, but once, once you get into it after like three months, it just becomes easier, I think. And, you know, you just find time for yourself. I think people aren't making enough sacrifice for the right things. And so you, you have all this time in the world for Netflix and, you know, you're talking on the phone with your friends on uh, random, yep. random games and stuff, but it, it really does only take about five minutes a day. I mean, once you get quick with it and you find all the products that you use, they're already saved in there. And like I said, the copy feature. So I think it definitely gets easier at first. People are just like, this is like homework. It's just like an extra right. thing I got to do. And, that's not the way to look at it. You know, like you're looking at this as an investment of yourself. Like if you were to put a dollar into a stock, like you're putting a dollar into yourself, you know? So like, this is a way of finding out if you're doing it right or not. So you're not wasting your time essentially. So. Right. It, it, yeah. It 100%. It's, and that's the thing too. Like you hit the nail on the head where he was like, I know some of the clients that I have too, like uh, it's, it's very difficult for them to even adhere to something like that. So we've tried to work ways around it without the food log. I get it. We can, there's plenty of, there's hundreds of different ways we can do it. But like you said, it's like, where's your mindset at? You know, when it comes to something like that, like if you want a huge humongous change, it's like, you've got to put that in. And it's like, it's you versus you. And that's one thing, like, could I sit down every single night and look at your, my fitness pal? Yes. Could I, as a coach, take your numbers and put them in your food log for you? Yes. But what the fuck are you learning? You know, at the end of the day, if I'm doing all that for you, all you're going to do is keep going, doing what you're doing. Oh, my coach has got it. That's why I'm paying him for it. But with that little bit of mentality work, that little bit of hard work, like you're turning that thing into a routine and that routine is going to be a skill and that new skill is going to take you to your goals even faster. Did you feel like once you started getting the hang of that, did you kind of have that, that day where you're like, hey something's changing. Like, when do you think that kind of happened down the line? And like I said, we, we did a reverse side for six or seven months, which was damn near close to a fucking year. And I think we started seeing some major changes around month four and five is when like, we really started seeing stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the little stuff that you just don't realize maybe you could have used 50 more carbs that day. And it's kind of like, Oh, really wasn't necessarily hungry, but you know, I started doing a small, piece of fruit before my workout and after and I just I noticed the difference like I wasn't having this mild crash sometimes during the workout if I had a really intense workout then I had some energy built up in my system for for that 60 minutes so I think sometimes you don't realize your day flies by you're super busy you're doing phone calls for work and all of a sudden you're like oh my god you know I skipped lunch and I didn't even have a snack and all of a sudden it's dinner time and now your body is just all messed up because you have not given it consistent intake so I think that was something too. You you don't necessarily feel 
the difference, but when you look at it on paper, you're like, okay, this is going to affect me later in the day maybe, but right now I've been drinking coffee, so I feel good. And then you'll have, you know, maybe skip breakfast or something like that. So I think it's just kind of a way to keep yourself in check is even though you might think, you know, that you need three meals a day, whatever, there's still the little things like the snacks and like also what's in those meals. So you might've been like, Oh, I had three square meals today. They weren't fully packed with all the different macros. And so, you know, you can have like a chicken noodle soup out of a can and it's only 10 ounces of uh, protein or 10 grams of protein. So that's not going to cut it, you know, like, but you're full, you feel good. Like, Oh, I had lunch today. I had a soup for lunch, but it's, it's not enough. So I think it's just a great way to check and then you can counteract your day. Like, you know, I don't, necessarily plan out my day of like what I'm going to eat every single meal it's it could be like whatever I feel like but it's like I know how much I need to have each time as opposed to being like super strict with it some people might prefer that way but I, I still kind of mix it up a little bit so but yeah it, it works for me and like the my fitness pal is great I mean with the barcode scanner part of it it's um, definitely made it a lot easier for me than if, if we didn't have that so yeah, it's a huge thing too. I love that you said that too, because I just had on a guest on my last podcast too, and he lost over 170 pounds. Wow. And he, um, yeah, oh, dude, in one year, bro, in one year, That's he amazing. did 100. It's fucking crazy. But you want to talk about putting it all out there, tracking your food. And what he came on and he said what helped him out, which is the complete opposite of what you just said, is he, he pre, um, you know, he puts his food in ahead of time. You know, he, he, he puts it all in, he knows what he's eating. So then at the end of the night, if, if he knows that he wants to have pizza or have ice cream at the end of the night, he'll put those calories aside. So he has room instead of coming to like six, seven o'clock at night and being like, Oh, I don't have any calories left to eat. Like all my macros are done. I'm done. It's six, seven. And he still goes out and has the ice cream. Okay. Now we're in a surplus. You know, it's like sure. one of those things and the next day is off and you have to figure it all out. So I love that you said that because that works for you. And there's plenty of ways to do this. And we, trust me, that wasn't the first time that we tried to figure out what worked for your lifestyle. I remember well, um, halfway through the year, I'm like, you loved like fats for you as something like you liked, uh, you liked a lot of avocado or you had some dressings or nuts that you had. I remember we, I was like, where's this fat coming from, man? Like yeah. how are we trying to figure this out. I think that was a big thing too, is like, all right, let's take a better look of how to kind of tone down those fats a little bit because that's kind of running our calories high. And I think that was a big switch too for you, right? Absolutely. I, or hummus. That's what it was. You yeah. loved hummus, man. Yeah. The, the Italian in me loves the olive oil for sure. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was eating the healthy fats, but it wasn't the right amount. It was probably three times what I'm taking now. And, you know, just the whole misconception that carbs were bad. There was a huge push for keto. I wasn't doing keto, but I was kind of doing my own route and it was, it was high fat and I didn't even realize it. I, I knew I wasn't eating a ton of carbs, but I didn't know that it was that low and that off. So the protein was also low as well. And, um, that's just one of those things like you just really wouldn't realize it. Cause until you see it on paper, then you might not notice that what you are taking is off the rails in some direction. So it just helped us kind of guide back and I, I can still have those things, but it's like now instead of just dousing everything with olive oil, cause I thought it was a healthy fat, right. there is some threshold that's too much. And that's what I learned. You know, it's like, originally you think, okay, there's no amount of avocado that we've had. It's a total, it's a vegetable, right? It's totally fine. And then you realize, Oh my God, you can get fat from eating avocados. It's just simple as that. And it's something that you don't realize because in the media, everyone says fat is bad or whatever, or carbs are bad. So 
I think it just, it took a little bit of reckoning with just trying out a program and realizing what the results could be and not listening to the bro science and all that stuff of it. But um, yeah, for a long time, there's all these friends of mine that were trying keto and they're getting in results and stuff like that. But I just, I didn't quite agree with it completely, but I was slowly just gearing towards that and on my own. Right. And so, yeah, I was at like 200 grams of fat and now I'm at 60. So it's uh it's a complete switch. And I think with the energy level thing too, that's a big deal because everything has to be in a good balance. So um, yeah, I'm happy with the way my, my macro spread is now. It's, it's very high protein. So that's, uh, that's a little bit challenging because protein's expensive. And also sometimes you just don't want to eat a huge meal. So right. a lot of more prep time for protein. It's um, the harder thing to probably get actually cooked and such. Right. So if you could just do like batches of grilled chicken and stuff like that, like I'm just learning how to how to make it easier. So, you know, if you ever want ways to cut corners with time, just look on YouTube, there'll be some video that explains some process to make this easier. Like, you know, a a device you could purchase on Amazon that might help you chop up the food quicker or whatever. There's always some way to to make it easier. And I feel like if you're finding a roadblock, there's, there's just a little bit of research that can kind of get over that. So yeah, for me, I, you know, I live by myself, so I I cook all for myself and it's like, it's a lot of work. I'm cooking all the time. Um, I try not to, yeah, I try not to do takeout too much just because it's, it's a little bit pricey in the city, but, right. um, you know, like maybe once or twice a week I'll do takeout, but otherwise it's just like, yeah, cooking a lot and, you know, sometimes you just don't want to do it. So if you can find some way where you always have an extra portion uh, prepared, so I'll always just do a ton of rice at once and I have that in the Tupperware, a ton of potatoes and you can just quickly reheat that up with another thing. And I think once you just find those kind of shortcuts, it just gets easier, but everyone thinks like, Oh my God, cooking is so daunting. It takes so long. I have to clean all these pans. But if you could figure out a way where it's already kind of prepared a little bit, you have some kind of way where it's already a little bit a head start. It's just much easier at that point. So it's not like cooking from scratch every time. If everyone's worried about that. I think that's where people fail too, is they think they have to sit in front of a stove three, four, five times a day, just like to cook. I'm like, you're never, it's never going to work that way. You can't physically cook each one of your meals fresh every day as much as we want fresh food. And I know that's a big problem too, with a lot of people are like, I don't want to eat reheated food, you know, from like, but listen, if you really want to get to, um, to your goals or have a goal body or a goal look or anything like that, or feel better, like, I mean, you know it, you know it. And I know it, man. Like if that food's not in the fridge, that's when shit goes wrong. I mean, even, even someone like me who's been doing this and someone like you has been doing this for well over a year now, those foods aren't there. We're making stupid decisions and we're going to either grab something that we shouldn't eat from a store or we're going to order in or, or out, like you said, or we're going to eat what's in our cabinets. Like, ah, just, I'll just finish this bag of this or something like that. I'll make it work because I'm hungry. And that's kind of where that mindless snacking comes in. But like you said, batch cooking, man, I know I've preached that so many times with you. It's like, dude, you can make chicken, you can make potatoes. Rice is like the best thing, man. Getting a rice cooker, I'm telling you right now is like, that saves everything. I mean, that thing's, that thing's running every other day in my house, you know, and that saves so much time. I'm like, literally you could do a little bit of work, put that thing on. It's done. I mean, my, my, mine doesn't even take 20 minutes. You know, it takes 20 minutes for four cups and four cups is a lot of fucking rice at the end of the day. Yeah, You you know what I'm saying? It's such an easy thing. And you have some of those foods. Like one thing I don't make and keep is like vegetables, like green beans or something like that. I feel like that stuff gets kind of mushy. So I'll cook that fresh, you know, but it'll be prepped. It won't be sitting in a bag. It'll be prepped in a container ready to go. I just grab a handful in a pan, a little bit of fat, a little bit of olive oil or some spray, whatever it's done while I heat up my chicken and have my rice. It's like, once you make these small changes and understand that if you have food at the ready, you're turning a 20 minute cleanup and eat maybe 30 minutes into 10. 
I think that's the biggest thing. As soon as that food's at the ready, it's in, you're feeling so much better. You can get on with your day. And plus you feel accomplished. Like you did it. Look at that. And then two hours later, three hours later, you can have another meal. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. that's the biggest thing too. I think I got you. Didn't you get a rice cooker too? Yeah, I definitely have one. And mine has the steamer on top. So you could just nice. toss some vegetables on there. And then, yeah, you just walk away. And 20 minutes later, it's all good. So I'm a big fan of not doing a lot of dishes. And uh, <laughs> we all are, man. Oh, my God. I hate that shit. <laughs> so that's a huge uh, benefit of that thing is it's just super easy to clean up. And then anything you do in the oven, you know, you can just do a whole pan of chicken and vegetables and you don't have all these extra things to clean. And then also the grill, I'll try to do a whole thing of just like all grilled stuff. And um, just those little one pot recipes, they're very helpful to not have to constantly have, you know, six pans everywhere and just right. after you're super tired of your day to clean all that. So yeah, those little methods definitely make this whole process easier. So I think you just got to kind of find what's holding you back on accomplishing that and there's there's some easy stuff with maybe just a different type of recipe that you haven't tried so yeah i feel like that that's a big motivator for most people is they don't want to cook because of the, the cleanup part so if you can just find these recipes like a crock pot for example super simple you know and then all of a sudden you have tons of food and it's very easy cleanup some of those crock pots you have a liner you can just toss the liner out there's not even dishes that's so, what we do man we buy those liners dude that is a lifesaver and that that's the only reason why, why we use that thing now is because we have the liners. Without the liners, if I have to put something in there, man, I am so upset because the cleanup is bullshit. You have to soak yeah. the damn thing for a day or two, clean it once or twice, and it's still not the same. But once you get yeah. those liners, and that's another thing too with you putting a good roast in there, if you don't line it with a lot of, like a lot of uh, vegetables and stuff like that, it's kind of hard to find out later down the line. But any type of roast that kind of stays together, like a pork loin roast or like a rib roast, something that actually stays together, like that's a ton of food. Like yeah. you can nibble on that the whole week and only make maybe one more protein. So you're looking at maybe spending, you know, 30 to $40 on protein a week, if not less. And you have that for a very, very, very long time. I think that's a great crock pot's a great thing for people to get into as long as you don't muck it up and you really can't measure anything at the end. But at the end of the day, man, it's going to be off a little bit here and there. I think you can probably adhere to something like that. Yeah. Um, sometimes with that, I, I kind of struggled at the beginning too. Cause I, you know, if you make chili, for example, you put all this stuff in there, you're like, well, how the hell do I know? Right. So, I mean, there's multiple ways to get it super accurate, but for me, I just found it easier to keep everything kind of separated. So maybe I would cook the meat in the crock pot and the vegetables in a separate one or something like that. So I can always, the, the meat is usually where the problem lies because right it could be super fatty and all of a sudden you have way too much. So that way I could just portion out the meat back into the stew or chili, whatever I'm making. So I think if you separate it, that's helpful. And it, in general, yeah, you just gotta just be organized, I guess a little bit more. It's, it's yeah. not like just throwing stuff together as you know, cooking is supposed to be fun to some degree, but at the same time uh, it could get super hard to track if you have uh, like a red meat or something like that in these chili pots, because taking one scoopful of it, you, you have no idea what that is. So unless you want to do a ton of math, then that's uh, <laughs> on you. I try to keep it simple. So yeah, I think you have to keep it simple. If you don't, that's when you're just like, forget it. I don't give a shit anymore. And like, that's, that's kind of how we fail, right? The harder we make something like cooking shouldn't be hard. Like you said, it should be enjoyable. It really should be. As soon as that enjoyment comes out of something that you need to be doing almost every day or every other day, like that's when you quit. And I think that's where a lot of people have a problem is like, if you make, if you simplify everything, you're going to have success. 
And I think we look at these things in daunting tasks all the time. And that's why people look like walk away from it. Take fat loss, for example. If someone says, you know, my goal every year, we see this on January 1st, right? My New Year's resolution is to lose 20 pounds. Cool. By when? When do you, when do you want to lose that 20 pounds? That 20 pounds is a daunting fucking task. I'm telling you, it's huge. It's not just a weight we're looking at, right? We're looking at what you have to give up. Are you willing to give it up? It's most, most of the time that's weekends, friends, and family matters that you may not have to go to anymore just to get yourself started and kind of in that routine. And it's like, you have to have an end game to that. Like what's your 20 pounds coming off at? Uh, three months. Okay. Scratch that. It's not going to happen. Probably let's tack on another three months, maybe four months for you to even start to adhere to it. I think once we get those things out of our head of like, okay, this is super hard. If you look into it, like this is going to be a super hard task. It's going to be hard. You're probably going to quit and you're probably going to fail. But I think that's why we've taken so much time on your reverse diet after six or seven months to, to being together for over a year now. It's like we took small, small steps. And it was almost like I never pushed you farther. Like, hey, man, I'm adding 500 calories to your food. Like that would never have worked. It would never have worked with your lifestyle. Like, like you just admitted, it's hard to get your protein up even to this day. And you've had a year at doing it. And I struggle with protein too. It's very difficult if you're not on top of it throughout the day. You kind of forget. And you're like, fuck. It's eight o'clock at night. You have like 75 more grams. It's like, what am I supposed to do at eight o'clock at night with 75 more grams? It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the protein shake thing definitely helped me out there. Uh, And then I do the double scoop. So it's 50 grams. So it's almost like an extra meal, but that really helped me. I'll do that first thing in the morning, actually, before I even have breakfast and before I get to work and do all the coffee and stuff. But yeah, before you know it, the day goes by and you're, you're at 100 and you got to get to 200. So it's like, <laughs> you don't want to be choking down protein at 10 p.m. It's just, it's not comfortable. So you really have to make sure that every couple hours you are eating. And um, it, it, it definitely does get easier. You know, I, I will say that it's just at first, anything, anything's a change is going to be a little daunting. And then like, like you said, with the family situation, you might feel a little embarrassed to tell your, you know, grandmother or mother, like you don't want to eat cool whip anymore or like whatever like miracle whip like just like super unhealthy stuff and like my family never was really super focused on healthy food so it was kind of like a huge change for for me to go into a a thanksgiving for example you know and i'm just like i'm not eating all the stuff that they have so you have to have like kind of a conversation with those people so it's not like the biggest uh shock or offense to them and I feel right. like that's the that's something that maybe they'll never change in in that way. So it's it's okay. They can do what they want. But it's like that that's why a lot of people struggle is because if you go back to your mom's house and they're gonna cook something that they always cook for you, it's like, well, what the hell? Why don't you want this now? And so it's like right. just just smaller portions. I think that was that was the way I navigated it. Was I wasn't saying, oh, I'm gonna bring my own chicken or whatever. I'm just gonna eat less of this super fatty food or whatever, and then work it from there. But yeah, it's, it's tough, but I think, you know, you got to be upfront with people and if they don't want to go with it, then that's kind of on, on them and the relationship. So I think you just got to be confident where, where your goals are and just continue down that road. Yeah. I love it, man. You're hundred percent right. And that is definitely one of the main, if not the main reasons why you are so adherable to, to the plan that has been put in place for you. And that's why everything's working out for you. And I could definitely see it every single day. You're so so into what you do and, and, and you really obligate all your obligations are covered every single day. And it's almost like you're, you're, you're the perfect sled dog, man. Like I told you that last time, it's like, you're like, Oh yeah, it's really easy. You're a good coach. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like 
I could sit here all day long and toss shit at you. Like, okay, this plan doesn't work. Let's do this plan. This plan doesn't work. Let's do this plan. That's the whole point of a coach, but it really takes a fucking sled dog to do it. And I 100% agree that the only reason why you are where you're at right now with every single goal that you've accomplished in the past year is because you are so adherable, such a great client and that you are a fucking sled dog, man. So I just want to congratulate you on that. And I think the community can really learn a ton of what you said today, man. So I think you're amazing, dude. I really do. And I think you are the best fucking sled dog that I've ever had <laughs> as a client, man. You really make this job super easy and actually super fun because every time we get on the phone together every week or every other week, it's like, you're always like, what do I do now? What's the next challenge? I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. I recommend anyone to give it a shot, you know, and uh, anyone that wants to make a change, I think that, you know, training is, is definitely something that anyone can benefit from. And a lot, there's a lot of learning that can happen too. So I think everyone needs to yeah. get out there and get an understanding of at least what, what it takes. So. Well, before we get off, man, we're coming up on the hour. Before we get off, I want to throw you onto the hot seat. I want you to give everyone in the community three things that they, three actionable items that they can use today when they get off of this podcast. I know we didn't explain, I didn't explain this to you. I was going to do this to you in the beginning of the podcast or when we were off air, but let's give three actionable items that you think helped you out for the last year that you think that people can use today to actually help them out to get started and or to adhere to while they're still going on their plan today. Sure. So I think a lot of routines, definitely something that was new for me. So I think getting into, I guess, more proactive thinking. So for example, I know tomorrow, if it was a normal uh, day or whatever at work, I would have to bring clothes to the gym and that sort of thing. So instead of waking up in the morning and packing my bag, I might have that done the night before. So it's one less thing I have to think about. I actually might accomplish that now because I'm not running late, forgetting some shit. So I wake up in the morning, I have my backpack full of gym shorts, a banana, and maybe my protein shaker or something like that. And it's like, boom, it's done. So now that's probably going to happen because I already set it in place. Whereas if I just woke up and go, oh my God, I'm running late for work. I'm going to miss the bus. I got to get all this shit in my bag. So I would say being proactive as possible. That, that can come down to shopping as well. So just making sure that you have a consistent grocery trip and that you're not just going, Oh shit, I have nothing in the freezer today. What am I going to do? Okay. Just order pizza. So I think right. being proactive as possible was like one of the big things for me and, you know, takes a little discipline, but that was huge. Um, number two, I would say it's okay to say no to things to your friends and family. And it. I feel like that's one of the hardest things ever because, you know, I'm, I was notoriously a yes, man. I love to go out. I love to have new experiences, meet new people. And to some degree, that's, that's not good. So you want to have the ability to say no. And sometimes your friends are going to give you guilt trips and you have to understand how to, how to react to those and how to tell them that you're doing your own thing. And like, they, they, they can't do that to you. And so they think, will, and they will, that's, that's, <laughs> gonna, that, that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. <laughs> so yeah, like that's another thing that I struggle with too, is because there's just so much to do all the time. There's so many people that I've met throughout Chicago that you know, invite you to stuff. And it's kind of like, damn, I would really like to go to this event tonight. That sounds great. But then I might miss yoga tomorrow because I went out all night. So it's like, kind of like, what, what's, what's my goal overall? Do I want to have fun or do I want to be healthy? So it's kind of like, you got to find the balance. So if I, if I think it's going to take me away from it, I have to say no. So that was the thing too. I, I learned that there's a lot of times where you want to turn and turn away something. So to some degree with a good balance of, you know, having fun and stuff, um, third point, I think just 
a little bit of self-educating too. I think like a lot of people don't really go too far into the reading and stuff. And like, you got to just have like a podcast that you follow at the very easiest, you know, and it's just like, what's one thing that you can take away from, you know, as simple as like a Joe Rogan podcast, like what, right. what's one healthy thing that you learned today and then try to apply that. So it might be some new vitamin that you've never tried and just see if that works for you or scaling back something that maybe you're doing too much of. And so it's like, you know, maybe a different type of workout. So I think it's like, you got to be constantly educating yourself and like looking at different ways to learn. Cause there's, there's always something that you can improve on and grow. So I think don't, don't get set in your ways where you're like, Oh, I know how to weight lift. I know I'll think about nutrition. I'm good. And then just kind of stop learning. I think it's like, there's always a new technique or somewhere you can refine your process. So I would say always be learning and look forward to the opportunity to, to read or, or listen to a podcast about something new. That's awesome. And those are like three, of the be- three of the best points I could have even said. I'm not even going to close out the show with that. So. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you for those actionable thank items. Um, peeps, community, if you have any questions, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link uh, Chris's information in the bottom of the show notes. And uh, Chris, once again, man, thank you so much for uh, coming on and giving me some of your time and your energy, man. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks for everything, Anthony. Have a great day. Thanks, man. Take care. Well, there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with my client and friend, Chris Romani. How amazing was that at the end? Um, those three actionable items and those three tips and tricks that he uses and he suggests that you guys use as well. He said the top three things that you guys should remember are always have a routine going forward and have proactive thinking and planning. Like number one, planning. You have to always plan out what you guys are doing day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month. That is a huge thing that if you are slacking in that, in that department, just that alone will turn your day around. If that's the only thing that you feel like you need to do, that's the only that's the only actionable item that you take from this podcast is just plan your days out. Like every couple of hours, you know what you need to do and stick to that plan. That routine alone will make you so much more proactive in your life. Number two is it is okay to say no That is a big thing that we do not do. We always say yes to every single thing that comes onto our plate. That's a huge, huge problem because you only have so much energy in your cup a day to pour from. So remember, you can always say no, and it is okay to say no. Whatever, whatever, Whatever anybody else says about that, it is okay to say no. You need to take time for yourself. Number three is always continue to learn through self-education. You need to pick up books. You need to read blogs. You need to read, you know, m- newsletters from people that put it out there. You know, like I have the everyday, um, the, the everyday growth newsletter that goes out there. It's the Live Everyday newsletter. If you guys aren't on that, shoot me a comment, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'll get you signed up right away. Tons and tons of useful information and something that I do just to keep myself accountable too, to keep teaching and keep keep myself going out there with new and new information and education for, the, for everyone who wants to read it, for the masses, if you will. But guys, those three things, routines, it's okay to say no, and keep continuing to learn through self-education. Guys, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and giving us some of your time and your energy. It means the world to me. And community, we are growing so fast and we're, and we're starting to become success, successful and the people that are giving giving some um, some comments back saying that this, is, this stuff really works. And it does. It really, really works. And if you guys want to put some faces with the names, 
please head over to the Everyday um, Everyday with Anthony J Coaching YouTube channel. You guys, all of these interviews that I have, all the guests on here, put some faces with the names. You know, I just started not too long ago, so not every single episode is on there, but. Go over there. Please hit that subscribe button, guys. We are trying to grow that. It has to take 1,000 subs and 4,000 listening hours to get that channel monetized. So, guys, whew, that's a big that's a big feat to do. But, you guys, please head over to the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Please head over to the, pod, the podcast channel and subscribe so you don't miss out anything. Um, don't miss out on any, any podcast episodes that are coming out, guys. So, love you guys more than I can ever say. So guys, peace out. Have any questions, shoot some comments, shoot some DMs. And like always, guys, strive to be that 1% better each and every day. Peace out. See you next time.